2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, and last week we talked about jars of clay. Jars of clay, the weakness and the frailty of humanity, the weakness of a jar of clay. A, clay, a jar of clay was uh, used for very common things back in uh, Old Testament and New Testament times, and yet oftentimes, though they were used for common things, they were also used to hold things of great value. And we talked about the frailty and the weakness of those jars, and yet how it is that God desires to pour something into the lives of individuals that is of infinite treasure and infinite value for everyone who will come in contact with that treasure. I'd like to read today, and let's just turn in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to start reading at verse 7, and then we're going to read down through to verse 9. The Bible says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Today I want to preach a message entitled, How Not to Be a Cracked Pot. How to not be a cracked pot. I know we sometimes use that expression, the cracked pot, for somebody who is you know, a little loopy, or maybe they're just, they're a little crazy, a little strange, whatever it might be. But in, in reality, if you look at all of us, we all have our little quirks, our little idiosyncrasies that kind of make us who we are. But I'm talking about the idea that in our frailty, that we won't crumble under the weight of life. That we won't, and last week I pointed out there's a verse of Scripture in the book of Leviticus that tells us about an unclean food or an unclean animal that might fall into a pot, a clay pot. And what happened to that pot? That pot had to be broken and thrown aside. And there are people in life today who have had all kinds of things fall into their lives. All kinds of problems, addictions, things that get into them that cause them to be cracked. And the world would say, you've got to toss them aside. You've got to push them aside because there's really little help or little hope for them. And yet, we find that in the New Testament and we find that in Jesus, He specialized in taking hold of those who had lots of things wrong with them and changing them and turning them around and making them be what He wanted them to be, not what we want us to be. 
He had a habit of doing that. He had a habit of going to where those clay jars who already had cracks in them and going and mending them. And when the world said and the law said they've got to be tossed aside, he said, no, 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 I'm going to remake them. He's the only one who can take a a jar of clay and remake a jar of clay after it's been through the firing process. Most of us would say today, and I use the example of this particular pot right here. I'm not going to pick it up today because I'll make a mess. But this particular pot right here, if I were to break it today, there isn't anybody. You might be able to get a little crazy glue out. You might be able to piece it together, but it's still, there's a weakness there. God is the only one who can take, and, and, and you see, this is not a moldable, shapeable pot. There is nothing that you can do with it anymore. It is is there to serve its purpose. It's there to take up whatever you want to put in it and, and it be filled by that thing. But if it were to be broken, none of us would be able to put it back together and remold it and reshape it because it's already been heated up. It's already been hardened by the process that it goes through. And many people are hardened by life and by sin and by all kinds of things that have gotten into their lives. And now they're broken and, and the breaking seems to be bringing them to a place where they say, I'm not really sure if I can go on. I want to tell you today that there is a possibility. There is the power of God that can change your life and cause you not to be a cracked pot anymore. I can't do it. You can't do it. But God sure can do it. He is able to change a life. He is able to bring about a change. The weaknesses and the frailties of our lives oftentimes bring us to a place of just seemingly somehow giving in under the pressure. But today I want to show you from Scripture how it is possible for each and every one of us to come to a place where though the stress comes, though the pressure comes, though the pain of life comes, that you don't have to be stressed to the point where all of a sudden you as a jar of clay begin to crack under the stress. Listen to what the Bible says. Let me just read it again. Verse 7 says, But we have what? This treasure in jars of clay. Can I tell you, it matters a great deal what you are putting into the jar of clay. It matters a great deal what's going down on the inside of you. The world will say, go ahead, go get the drugs, go get the the alcohol, go get the illicit sex. Go ahead, go and have all of those things because that's what's going to satisfy you. Can I tell you, I've never met an alcoholic who is satisfied. Never met a drug addict who is satisfied. I have never met anybody who is addicted by anything who said, all I need is one more and that's it. Because you go, you get the one more, and then you keep going back, and you get the other one, and you keep going back, and you get the other because you're never satisfied. But i got to tell you today that there is somebody who can satisfy your soul. The treasure is not what the world has to offer. It's not what sin has to offer. It's not what your neighbor has to offer. It is what Jesus has to offer. This treasure can be poured into your life and revolutionize you from the inside out see God is not looking so much to change how we look on the outside 
you know, we, we'll, let, we'll let the plastic surgeons deal with that. God is interested on what's happening on the inside. God is interested about what's going, what you're putting into your life. Are you putting your own junk in there? Are you coming to your own store of treasures that you call treasures, but really is nothing more than garbage? Are you coming to that and pouring it into your life? Because i got to tell you, the Bible says, and Paul says, we've got a treasure in this jar of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. God has something greater that he wants to pour into your life. He wants to do something greater with your life than what you are doing right now. Now, in spite of all your weaknesses, you've got to remember we all have to understand God's place in it all. And what is His place? His place is that He wants to fill this jar of clay. I still marvel at the fact that the God who created it all would have any desire to come and to live in my life. We still, when you think about the fact that God is so infinitely powerful, that He is so infinitely wise, that He knows everything that there is to know, that He knows everything about you, and in knowing everything about you, that is the good and the bad, or oh, the bad stuff we, don't, we hide from people, right? We don't want anybody to know that. The good is, is everything that we put out there. You know, you go to a job interview, you don't start spilling off your, you know, all your, your skeletons, right? No, no, no. You, you are the best one that they could hire. You put all the good out there. You meet somebody new. You put your best face on. You put your best smile on. You, you kind of get that out there. But you know what? God knows the good and the bad. And yet the, the Bible lets us know that we have this treasure where? In the jar of clay. That He desires to fill your life. His power, brothers and sisters, is revealed when we allow the treasure of His glory to fill our lives. And if there is anything that we need as as Christians, as non-believers, as unbelievers and believers alike, we need to allow this treasure to fill our lives. For the unbeliever, this treasure filling your life will bring you new hope. It will bring you new joy. It will bring you the ability to say no to sin and yes to God. For the believer as well, you fill your life with the treasure that he wants to pour into you, his power and his glory. It will give give you the ability and the strength to be able to stand when life gets tough. And we're going to see that in a moment. But His power is revealed when we allow the treasure of His glory to fill our lives. Notice what it says. It says, in jars of clay. His desire is to be in you. Not around you. Not just part of your theological process. We got people who know it all up here, but somehow they haven't been able to get it down into their hearts. They got it up in their heads, but the Bible says and Paul says that they're ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, when you know the truth, the truth is going to do one thing, set you free. It will set you free and bring about a change from the bondage that you have allowed to come into your life. It will change how you are. So he doesn't want it just to be a part of your head thinking what it is that you have in your mind, but he wants it to be something that will come into your life and change you. 
He desires to fill you. This is the amazing thing about the grace of God, is that He desires to come and to fill your life. From the inside out, He wants to change us. The very best and well put together individual in life will, if they are completely and totally honest, tell you that there are things deep down on the inside that need to change. The very best of society can come together and they can all look at one another and see how well they're put together. But if somehow somebody were to just give them a dose of the truth of what's on the inside, they would see that there has to be a change. There's got to be something that will change in them. And the only way that it's going to happen is with this treasure to be poured into the jar of clay. Not only is God able to remake the jar of clay when it's broken and beyond repair, and the world says toss it aside, but then he's able to remake it so that he can pour himself into your life and give you a hope and a future and give you something that will help you to live a pleasing life to him. So his power is revealed when we allow the treasure of his glory to fill our lives. That he wants to be in you. Not just around you, but in you. But also, I want you to note this about his power. The Bible says here, and Paul says, and he writes, that it is an all-surpassing power. An all-surpassing power. The, the original language seems to bear out this having a, a meaning that is surpassingly great or a power that is beyond measure. A power that is beyond measure. That is, there is only so much that you and I can do for ourselves. And there comes a point where we have to stop because we can't go any further. In and of our own ability. Now, I know that there are a lot of self-help gurus that will tell you, oh, you can, it's unlimited what you can do. i got to tell you, it's limited. Because we are finite beings. It is absolutely limited what it is that you and I can do for ourselves. But I want you to see the kind of power that God desires to pour into your life is a power that can help you beyond measure. In other words, it gives you the strength to go into an area of life that you never dreamed you could go. Maybe it is as a believer that you believe that God has called you to do something, but yet on the inside you're feeling, I can't, I can't do that, I can't do that. That's not me. I just somehow can't do it. And yet if you're trusting in the power of God, you need to know that the power of God can take you beyond what it is it's, it's kind of like it's where you can't stop. And he says, I'm going to pour in a whole bunch of can into your life. It's power beyond measure. Power to overcome sin. Power to overcome the enemy. Power to overcome whatever stresses come to your life and seem to somehow threaten to take you out. Power, brothers and sisters, beyond measure. His power is an all-surpassing power. You trusting in your power or are you going to trust in His? Are you going to trust in your own strength, which is limited and finite, or are you going to trust in His power, which is all 
surpassing. It goes beyond. And I know that oftentimes in life we face situations where we don't know what to do and how to handle it. And we feel like we don't have the strength to be able to, be able to overcome. It's, I believe it's that time we've got to go to the Word of God and say, Lord, it is your all-surpassing power that is at work in my life. i got to trust in your power, in your ability, in your strength today, oh God. Because somehow I can't make it, but with you I can make it. We got to understand his place. It's in you. It's in the jar of clay. Say, so, well, I got a lot of theological knowledge. Does that mean that he's in me? No, absolutely not. Theological knowledge doesn't change anybody. It's when we allow him by his Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and change us on the inside to recognize that all the knowledge in the world doesn't fix anybody. All the knowledge in the world isn't going to deliver you from the bondage of sin. It doesn't change how you are as an individual. The only one who can do that is when you invite the excellence of His grace and His mercy to come into your life. When you invite Jesus into your heart and say, Lord, I'm going to depend on your power because I don't have the power. But you do, Lord. I'm going to trust in you and in your grace and in your ability. It is an all-surpassing, surprisingly and surpassingly great power, a most excellent power. You're trusting in you? Don't. Start trusting in the Lord. Start trusting in His power. Start trusting in His ability to help you through, to get you through all the things that you are dealing with today. Because when we understand His power, we have to also understand His purpose. You've got to understand his purpose. Now listen to what it is. Verse 7 again. Let me just read it real quick. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show, here it is, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And not from us. And not from us. You see, God has a purpose in wanting to fill your life. He has a purpose in coming into the jar of clay and wanting to fill your heart with Him. And the purpose, first of all, is to show something vital about your Christianity. God wants to show in our daily lives that there is something of more infinite value and worth inside those jars of clay. Remember, on the outside, we can't really change how we look. We still are a jar of clay. We're all still cut from the same cloth. We're all still made from the same stuff. And we all come from different places might have different backgrounds. Maybe we were born in different parts of the world together. You say, but I look different. No, you're still a jar of clay. You and I are still jars of clay. I grew up in the cold, cold northern woods of Maine. I know what it is to feel the weakness and the frailty that comes right about mid-January into February in northern Maine. It's cold, folks. It's so cold, Santa doesn't even want to live there. I mean, it's just, sorry, Santa, really? <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, my five-year-old still thinks he, he's real, so just, just so you know. 
But at any rate, you know, and, and the frailty, we're all, we all come from different places. If you've ever had a fever, ever had some kind of fever in the heat of, of South and Central America, you know, you know, you can have a fever in the middle of the winter here in Chicago and stick your face out the door and the coolness feels a little bit better on your face. You stick your face out the door. I remember standing, literally, I was in Ecuador and standing on the equator. It was just the coolest thing ever. I straddled the equator, the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. And there's this line that they put somewhere just outside of Quito, Ecuador. And I went out there and I straddled the line. I just thought it was so cool. I'm in the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere of the planet. But it was hot. It was hot right there at the equator. You get a fever there. And, and that makes you to understand you are frail. We are frail. We are weak. We are jars of clay. And yet, brothers and sisters, he wants to show by pouring something into us that we are of a more infinite value than just this outer shell, this jar of clay. Listen, don't believe the atheists and the evolutionists who say that when you die, nothing happens. You just go into the ground. Boom, that's it. No, there's more to it than that. You live. You continue to live. Though the jar is dead, there's got to be something of more infinite value poured into your life so you can be sure of where you will spend eternity. His presence in our lives is going to be a testimony of His power at work in us. His presence in our lives is going to be a testimony of His power at work in us. Brothers and sisters, we come to difficult places in our lives and we come to things that are too big for us and beyond our ability and it might be that you have an unbelieving friend or a neighbor or somebody close to you and they look at you and they say, I'm not really sure how you're making it through all of this, but yet you know how. You know that there's something, there's a treasure on the inside of you that has given stability to this jar of clay. It has changed almost the makeup of the jar of clay, as it were, and given you a strength to be able to stand up under the difficult weight and the pressures of life. The power in us, we've got to remember this. The power in us belongs to Him and not to us. It's to Him and not to us. We can't take the credit when the pressures of life begin to threaten to take us out and somehow those pressures don't get the best of us. We can't stand around saying, look how I made it. Look at me, I made it through. Woo-wee. Come on, I got a self-help book right up in the back of my head for that one. No, you don't. It's called, you got this treasure in a jar of clay. It's you've got something on the inside of you. Don't begin to take the credit for the power that is not yours. Don't begin to take the credit for what it is that God has poured into your life. God has given you the ability to overcome something. It's not what you can do. It's what He has done. It's how He has seen you through. It's how He has helped you. Mankind is so bought into so much of the idea that we're just good human beings and, you know, that we can accomplish anything. But I got to tell you that when he is in your life, when God is in your life, when he's poured his power and his treasure into your life, his glory into your life, you need to know that God takes you beyond what you could ever dream. It ain't about you. It ain't about what you can accomplish. It's about what he has done in your life. Now, here's what we have to do. When we understand his purpose, we also have to understand his power. What is the effect 
how does this treasure change things? Because as I mentioned, really, in the end, the jar of clay is still a jar of clay. There's, it's, you're still made up of the same stuff. And yet when he pours his life, his spirit into you, and he comes into your heart, and he changes you, and gives you the strength to be able to live, what is it? That's going to be happening. How is it going to be shown to a world? Paul points this out in the next two verses. In verses 8 and 9. He says this. Listen to what happens. Here are the effects of the treasure in your life. The first one is, we are hard pressed. Hard pressed. The New American Standard puts it this way, or the English Standard Version puts it this way as well. We are afflicted in every way. In other words, from all sides. Imagine, as it were, that this, this pot up here that has this fake plant in it, imagine, as it were, a, a, uh, a strap, a leather strap being put all the way around it. And the leather strap has just the slightest amount of stretch, but not much unlike a rubber band, but put a leather strap around it and then put a stick in that strap and begin to twist. Begin to twist. And you're putting pressure on all sides of this pot. From every angle, from every side, there is pressure being exerted on this clay pot. It is the same way Paul is picturing here that we are hard-pressed on every side. Imagine you are the jar of clay. How many of you ever felt like I've got pressure from all sides? It's like a big old strap has been put around me and it's being tightened and somebody's turning that stick and it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter and I don't feel like I'm going to make it. I'm not sure what's going to happen to me. We are hard pressed or we are afflicted. This is pressure coming from all sides. The affliction comes in different ways and from different directions. In other words, pressure happens from all areas of life. You have it at home. Maybe your kids are giving you, you know, a fit because they're pitching fits. And you just, you know, you had enough. You don't know how to stop it. You don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden you go to the job and you meet your boss. And your boss is looking at you all cross-eyed and mean and you know, one eyebrow up, one eyebrow down, like, you know, your job is just this close to being terminated because just he's just your boss and maybe, you know, you've done some things wrong or you, you know, messed up a project or didn't meet a deadline or something happened and you get into the job and the job is now all of a sudden giving you a hard time and you get home and then you get a phone call from a friend and that friend is upset with you and a neighbor comes along and they're bothering you. You're getting it from all sides. You're hard pressed. But if you have the treasure in you, if you've got that treasure inside, I want you to see what happens to the clay pot. You see, the world says, go ahead, go for some external thing that's going to sort of hopefully fill you and give you a, a moment of pleasure. But the problem is, is what they don't realize, that's not pouring any strength into your life. In fact, it's weakening your jar of clay. 
and it's causing the stresses of life to begin to create cracks in your life. But when you've got the treasure, the glory of God, the power of God in your life, I want you to see what Paul says. Paul says this. He says, we are hard-pressed. Somebody's twisting that stick and making that leather strap be ever so, so tight around me, and I can feel it all around me, but there's something that's not happening yet, and that is we are not crushed. That's the difference of what's on the inside of you. That's the difference of getting the, the power of God into your life is that when you are, you are stressed from all sides, when that band of pressure comes around your life and it begins to tighten and you feel like you're going to crumble under the weight and under the pressure, there is something on the inside of you that gives stability and gives strength so that you don't have to give in under all of that. He says... We're hard-pressed, but we are not crushed. That's the beauty of the treasure on the inside of you. You've got pain, you've got pressure, you've got difficulties in your life. You need to know that the treasure of God makes all the difference in your jar of clay. You're weak, you're frail, but there's a strength that comes. Paul says this as well. Here's how it also plays out. He says, we're perplexed. That word actually means to be at a loss. Interestingly, the words perplexed and also but not in despair render two similar words in the original language. It means literally you could say it like this. We are despairing but not totally despairing. In other words, we are at a loss. There are times where we don't have answers. Times where we look around, we say, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why this is going on. I don't know why all of that. We're always constantly trying to answer the question, why? And we're despairing. We don't know. We don't have an answer. We can't seem to figure it out. And yet, in all of that, Paul says, though we are perplexed, though it is, we don't know why things are happening or what's going on around us. We don't have an answer for it. We are not so despairing that we are going to give up. We're not so despairing that all of a sudden there's going to be a crack in the clay pot. That somehow there's going to be a, a fissure that will come down that side of the pot and weaken it at all. No, it doesn't happen that way. When the treasure of God is in you, you, can, you maybe don't have all the answers, but i got to tell you that you're not going to be so in despair that you're willing to just throw it all in and pack it all in. Why? Because you know that there is something of greater worth and value in your life. We're perplexed. How many of you have, over the last maybe week, just sort of uttered the words, I don't know. I don't know. I have. I think I have several times this week. Over one thing or another, one difficulty or another, one problem or another, one thing or another that comes our way, and somehow, you know, the, the world thinks that as Christians you got to have all the answers. You, you really don't. And God forbid we ever come off like we do have all the answers. We have one answer, it's Jesus. And when he, he gets into your life, he, he wants to change what's happening on the inside. But we might be perplexed. You might, be, you might have questions in your life, but Paul says we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're not going to give up. We're not going to throw in the towel and say, I've had enough, I'm done. No, no, brothers and sisters, because you know that who else, as Peter says, who else has the words to eternal life, Jesus? We're not going to go after that thing or that person or that one, but Lord, you are the only one who can bring help and bring life into our being. He says this, 
we are persecuted. Persecuted. Persecution can sometimes lead people to believe that God has somehow forgotten them and bailed out on them, simply abandoned them. But we have to remember the the fact that Jesus told his disciples that the world persecuted him, and they're going to persecute you too. He said to them on one occasion, he said, they hated me. They're going to hate you too. They're going to look at you and say, no, no, no. I, I, that's, that's not the way things ought to be. we got to get rid of these guys. we got to get rid of these people. And you know what? In the end, this is also what's beginning to happen in the world that we live in. Religious freedom. Freedom to worship Christ and worship Jesus and come to terms with the truth that is found in the Word of God is fast approaching. Where brothers and sisters, these freedoms are, are, are slowly being taken away. We are fast approaching a time, brothers and sisters, where in this country, to serve Jesus Christ, you are going to be in the minority. To give your all to Him, you are going to be persecuted, maybe not in the ways of of some of the other countries around the world, but there will be persecution that will come to your life. Are you going to sit there and say, somehow God's forgotten us? No, God hasn't forgotten you. Quite the contrary. Paul said these words, or he expressed it in this way. He said, I am now going through what Christ went through. Brothers and sisters, we should never ever feel that persecution is God bailing out on you and abandoning you because it is the exact opposite. He is right there with you, but not abandoned. Listen to what Psalm 129 and verse 2, you don't need to turn there, just listen to it, what it says The the psalmist said, they have greatly oppressed me from my youth, but they have not gained the victory over me. (laughs) Oh, that good stuff or what? They have not gained, they've oppressed me from from my youth, but they have not gained victory over me. Why? Because there's something on the inside of me that gives me stability, that gives me strength, that gives me the ability to reach forward and take hold of the life of God and fill me with a power like I have never known. I'm going to close with this. Paul's last statement. He says this. We are struck down. The idea of this in the original language is that of being laid low as by a weapon. In other words, you haven't just been pushed down. You haven't been shoved down. You have been knocked down. Instantly, what came to my mind was boxing. When I was a kid, I, I remember watching uh, with my oldest brother on occasion. We didn't have a TV in the house, so we'd go to a neighbor's house and watch TV. And uh, I remember uh, going with him to watch Muhammad Ali fight. And you know, fight Larry Holmes or fight Joe Frazier or somebody. That's back when, you know, boxing was, it was just more fun. It was, you know, you had the big names. For those who prefer the barbaric sport, um, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. But, you know, it's, it was with the fists and it's with the gloves and the whole deal. And every now and then somebody would level a blow that would instantly just drop the under, other individual. It would stun them, and boom, they'd go down on the mat, and just, you know, the referee would start counting one, 
two, it gets to ten, the fight's all over. And they kind of gather themselves before that count finishes and gets back up on their feet. That's sort of what I envisioned when Paul says, we are struck down, but not destroyed. In other words, from time to time, there are things that happen in life that knock you down. And the enemy pulls out every possible way to try to take you out and to try to keep you down on the mat and to try to keep you down for the count of ten and yet somehow you're able to get back up. And you kind of look at the situation and you say, I don't know how. I don't know how it's happening. I don't know what's going on here, but I've been knocked down by the pressures of my life. I've been knocked down by the troubles that have come my way. I'm not talking about just ordinary trouble and pressure you know, from a, a, a tough job or a, you know, difficult home situation. I'm talking about insane kind of difficulty. I'm talking about things that, you know, people just look at that and say, I don't know how I'd ever be able to go through that. And yet you find yourself in the middle of it. And from time to time you have bad days and you feel like you've been knocked down by the weapons that the enemy pulls up. But the Bible says here you're knocked down. But when the treasure is in your life, you are not destroyed. The referee can never get to 10 before you pop back up again. And you're there and you're ready to roll again. And you say, come on. You know, it's kind of like, thank you. May I have another? Bring it on. Bring it on. The enemy comes along. He says, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to destroy you. And God says... Sorry, there's too much treasure in this jar of clay for this jar of clay to break beyond repair. There's too much treasure on the inside of them. And you know what? I'm going to breathe a little life into them today and they're going to get back up and they're going to be able to face whatever problems come their way. Brothers and sisters, we have this treasure in jars of clay. There is something on the inside of you that brings a stability and a help to be able to face whatever it is that you go through. The difficulties of your life may be great. It may not be today that you feel that you can go forward, that you can move on. It might be that today the enemy has had his way. Maybe with some of you sitting here today, there may be people here today who you know it in your head hasn't gotten into your heart yet. The life of Christ. Uh, and, and how is the life of Christ played out and lived out in our lives? It's lived out in a manner that says, I'm going to live according to His will, according to His word, according to the dictates of the Spirit, not according to the dictates of my flesh. Your flesh says, feed you, feed you, feed you, all kinds of junk. And all it's doing to, serving to do is pour stuff into you that's weakening the jar of clay. It's just pouring stuff into your life that's weakening you. But you know what? Today, God has a better plan for your life. He wants to pour in His treasure into your heart, into your life. He wants to pour something into you that will help you to live in a manner that is pleasing to Him. God is not into seeing lives destroyed by sin. God doesn't want to see anybody perish. He's not willing, the Bible says, that any should perish, but all should come to everlasting life. You might be here today, and you might know in your heart that you need treasure on the inside. You haven't had it. You have only been pouring in junk 
You've been pouring in stuff in your life that brings about pain. That somehow it numbs the pain for a while. But you know what? Then, then that temporary thing, it goes away. And all of a sudden, you got to have a little more of that junk to numb the pain again because you feel the pain. I'm not talking about a, something as temporary. Because when the life of God is in you and the power of God comes to your life, you need to know that when life is difficult, all you got to do is say, Lord, I'm depending on you. I'm trusting in you. You have faith in him. You believe in him. I'm not saying it's easy. Jesus told his disciples, in this life, you will have afflictions. Afflictions don't feel good, do they? How many of you enjoy afflictions? Woo! Nobody. We don't like afflictions. And yet, in the midst of those afflictions, he pours in his life to give your jar of clay the strength that it needs to keep moving forward. I think about some in this congregation who on a regular basis feel the pain and frustration of physical infirmity, physical pain, the stresses that that causes in your life. You know what? Many times I, I see some of you, I see you walk in through those doors and none of you are walking in with a sob story. You're not walking in with a sob story. You're walking in to worship the Lord. You're walking in to say, Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm running to you today. I might be in pain today, but Lord, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give you my all. You see, that's what treasure does. Treasure helps you to be able to press through and be able to reach out to the Lord today. I wonder if we could bow our heads and close our eyes. I want the musicians to come right now. There is a little chorus that we have been working on. We haven't sung it here as a congregation called Free Us. I'm going to ask them to play it. You might not know it. In a moment, I'll sing it. But as they're playing it, I just encourage you today. You might have come into this building and you know in your heart that you need a change in your life. You know you do. You know it. Maybe it is that you came in today and you have felt the stresses, pressures of life have been so great. You come to a place where on a daily basis maybe you, you say, I'm just perplexed. I don't understand it. I know this. I know that there are times when we don't understand things, and yet God says not everything is meant to be understood. But you know what? You can run to me, and you can find in me a friend who will just listen. Listen to the junk. Listen to the problems, the difficulties. I don't know if you've ever kind of vented on a friend before and you get to the end of it all and say oh, I feel a little bit better just by letting it out but you know God is that friend who sticks closer than a brother he will always be there for you he doesn't leave you, he doesn't forsake you maybe you've been perplexed in life, maybe you have allowed your jar of clay to be so filled with junk that the world says you got to be tossed aside can I tell you today that God's plan for your life is not for you to be tossed aside. It is for you to come to a place of repentance. True repentance is that I will turn away from that thing that destroys me and I will turn to Jesus Christ and live for Him. 
that in my home, if I got stuff that I've been pouring into this jar of clay that, that hurts me, that addicts me, brings and furthers my addiction, I'm going to toss it out. I'm going to get rid of it. If I got things in my life that I know shouldn't be there, I'm going to get rid of it and let him come and remold this jar of clay. You might have come into this building today and you feel and you sense in your heart that you need a change. You need God to come and to help you. I want us to stand together right now. Everybody stand to your feet. Let's just stand.